We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Light Years Podcast. Nothing makes me happier than when Samus Vendiari is out of town. That means I have full and so ownership of what goes on on this show. I can do anything I want and uh, things get weird. So I bring on a friend of the program, Jason Dumas. Sir, how you doing? Andy, what's up, brother? How you doing? Ah, uh, you know, you know, it's just a little, a little Warriors offseason check-in. You know, it, things are getting weird as usual, you know, and Draymond's going, getting this thing off. So I figured, dude, who, who else? Who better than to bring in than, than, you, than yourself, man? Yeah, things things have been getting weird. That's a that's a great way to put it. <laughs> I kind of was on vacation and tried to unplug as much as I could, but I kept getting sent tweets or seeing headlines. Of Draymond going back and forth with Jordan Poole's dad, Draymond going <laughs> forth with that person. I was just like... Ah man, less is more. Sometimes people just need to practice that. Less is more. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to them. Where'd you where'd you go? I was where'd in Hawaii. Go? I was on the Big Island. It was a lot of fun, you know. Did some golfing. Did some relaxing. Unplugged for a bit. I got back on a uh, Thursday of last week. So uh, back you golfed know. in Hawaii. Yeah, <sighs> it was sick. Is there anything? Is that there, there's not many things better than just going to Hawaii? I think just overall, but golfing in Hawaii. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, I played what I played uh, twenty seven holes out there. Um, oh, you're you like know, a real. You're I'm like getting a real better ball. by the day. I'm still not Steph Curry or anything, but you know, I didn't lose many balls in the water, so that was my win. I uh, I played Mariners uh, actually yesterday. This is getting recorded on Wednesday night. I played I played yesterday morning, and uh, I, I was if you've ever played over in Foster yeah. City, yeah, I haven't, yeah. but I've heard of it. Mariners point, right? Yeah. Mini like par three. Everything's like 120, just tops, maybe 150 tops. So you you can literally just go nine iron on the whole thing if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I was using a pitching wedge, just disgusting stuff. Um, <laughs> and I was just I was hitting poles, fences, I was hitting like a, a rock next to a water, and it would just drop me straight back on the fairway. But you know, that that's not a real course. So we gotta play uh maybe we'll play harding one day. Maybe we'll oh, play yeah, the nine hole at harding for sure. Easier. easier. Throw some beers in the uh, bag and get after it. 
Yeah, look like it, it's funny too because when you watch Steph and Clay, uh, Steph and Clay play, and then you see Draymond out there just drinking and 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 watching them and screaming in the background, you just know that guy has no shot, no yeah. shot out there. Play that that is that's like me. I am Draymond when I play with friends that actually know how to play. If we're going eighteen, I'm done by the twelfth. I'm just standing in the corner and drinking. That's it. Yeah, I have I have more fun when I'm just just trying to have fun and throwing a couple back and being super casual about it. When I'm like really trying to lock in on there, that's when I start overthinking on my shot. I start slicing stuff. I just go out there and have fun. And it's usually when I play the best, when I'm just have that attitude. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's, let's get to the, uh, let's get to the good stuff. We'll get to Draymond, but uh, Warriors announced Corey, Corey Joseph. They had a press conference the other day. Um, they signed Lester Quinones to a two-way contract, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Um, but we knew all that stuff was going to happen. I wanted to bring you on to talk about one thing, um, the interest the Warriors have uh, the rest of the offseason. Are they interested in bringing anybody else? Because as of today, that 15th roster spot is still open. Are they going to bring in Rudy Gay? Is there some other names that the Warriors are interested in? Or are they just kind of maybe chilling and, and seeing maybe if Lester is going to take that spot or, or what's what's kind of the the noise for the Warriors right now the rest of their offseason? Well, I think it's Lester's spot to lose. You know, they're they've been really high on him for a while. Um, when, you know, I was talking to somebody in the organization right around when the Jordan Poole trade broke. And I was like, you know, like, look, just the reality is Steph. CP3, Clay, they're not going to play 82 regular season games. That's just the reality. And for everything that Jordan was or wasn't, there's one thing you couldn't say about him is he wasn't available. He was always available for you in some shape or form. Uh, I was like, who is going to replace that availability? And I was told, hey, look, you know, we're high on a number of guys. There is a reason guys like Lester were around the team through the end of the season. That wasn't just by coincidence. We like him a lot. That is why he was around. Um, not literally because we know Judah Poor was going to get traded, but because we really like him and we think that one day he can contribute. So I think that's his spot to lose. I know Rudy Gay is a very, very you know popular name that's been floating around, but if if they bring in Rudy Gay, they're likely stuck with him. I don't think it'd be one of those things like, hey, Rudy, we're going to bring you in and see how you mesh and you might not make it through training camp. And I don't know if they want to lock themselves to a guy like Rudy Gay. I do think they like the luxury of being open-ended. They It's been like that for a while. You know, even going back to when GP2 came to camp and he, they release him, they, did, they never want to be married to those final couple roster spots. One – because uh, for financial reasons, and two, right. they just like having their options. So I don't see Rudy Gay being brought in. I would be surprised. You know, you can't say never. Uh, I think they're really high on Lester, and they want him to come into camp and take that roster spot. Yeah, because t- technically they still have two more. I mean, they they could just they could just sign Rudy Gay and then bring Lester in as the fifteenth guy. Um, but you know, as we know, they're not they're they're going to wait until the last possible moment to convert a two-way guy. Um, 
So, so you think that that spot being left for Lester Quinones, do you mean like kind of like a, a full roster spot or, or just kind of say, because he's getting brought in essentially like he's fighting for the 14th spot, which is fascinating to me, just kind of my perspective, because you've got three point guards, all of them small. You've got Steph, you've got Chris Paul, and you've got Corey Joseph. Then you've got the rookie, Brandon Pajemski, who is probably kind of just a waste of a roster spot this season. Um, so that's four. You think there's a chance that they're going to go with a fifth, a guy that I would assume is probably not even going to play that much, even if he's on the full, on the active roster. So surprising. Yeah, well, it's because of just their unique situation. Like the guys ahead of him in those guard spots are old and aren't going to be playing every night, even if they're healthy. They're going to be managed and uh, treated very carefully, you know. Clay's not going to play on back-to-backs probably early on. And, you know, Steph, every year he might have a nagging injury. And then we know CP3. History just tells us what's going to happen with CP3. Now, obviously, we want to be optimistic. And I know CP3 is the type of guy who's going to be going back and forth with the Warriors training staff. He's always going to want to play. Um, So they'll have their business cut out for them with that. But I just think – it would be smart for them to forecast that their top guards aren't going to be available every night. So having a Lester Quinones, uh, if he makes the team and can do what they think he's capable of doing, can be available to play spurt minutes. Like, hey, Lester, you know, you might not have played in six games, but now all of a sudden you might play 10 in a row because Steph has a nagging injury, CP3, needs some rest. Clay is only going to be playing, you know, four of the next six. So I think they have use for him just forecasting that roster and when you think people will and won't be available. Yeah, he he feels like, um, to me, it, it feels less so. I know people throw the Jordan Poole comparison out for Quinones. To me, it feels a little bit more like a uh, Damian Lee, actually. Yeah. It feels more like it, he feels more to me like a fringe NBA guy who's a great team chemistry, brings real good energy, very good shooter. Um, maybe he comes a very smart defender. I, I can't tell yet, to be honest with you, watching summer league basketball. But he feels like a really good back of the rotation guy. Um, yeah, for the, for the and he, he scores in spurts, you know, like that's one skill that from all I've seen him in the past couple of years, and I do believe that he can do at the NBA level is score. Yeah. And sometimes at the end of the day, defense, rebounding, all that be damned. If you have a guy who can put the ball in the cup, he will find his way on the court because there's situations where that's all you really need. And uh, that could be valuable on nights when Steph and Clay or Chris Paul aren't available. You just need somebody to score buckets. I mean, like you said, you don't want to compare him to Jordan Poole. I know you see some of the moves and mannerisms that kind of mirror each other, but sometimes on those nights where Steph and Clay or people weren't playing, Jordan Poole was just out there getting buckets. And what did he average? 24 points per game when he started? Like, even if they didn't win a lot of games, he kept them afloat through, through spurts because he could score. Uh, comments are bringing up GP2. Um, Cipriano and, and Jason Forrester are, are bringing up kind of what about GP2 uh, in, in this mix here? Uh, kind of more of a three, four. I mean, hell, kind of the five on uh, 
on offense, I, I don't really think of him as a guy like as a in a guard rotation. I mean, he, how many yeah. dribbles does he even take? Yeah, I mean, he'll take some spot up corner threes. He loves that shot, but at the end of the day, he's kind of that glue guy in the rotation. And you could really anyway, it's the three to four where he usually plays. I know he's only like six two. He's just one of those Swiss Army knights who's super unique. So you know, I think you can throw GP two out there with a lot of different roster combinations because of all the other things he does. He's typically not going to hurt you. You know, some nights it might be awkward fits, but, you know, I, I don't forecast him as a guard per se, even though he looks like a guard from the naked eye. He does different things where you can have him out there with some other smaller guys. Is he, is he finally healthy? Yeah. Yeah. He, he feels great. Um, I was talking to him at summer league and, um, you know, last year he was limited. He had a lot of unfortunate situations last year. Obviously, we know the rib stuff uh, with Portland. Then he got sick during that King series. It took a lot out of him. Uh, he is not the type who's going to talk about his ailments. One, because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to give the opponents anything to uh, take advantage of. But two, that's just not the type of cloth he's cut from. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that kind of held him back last year and he feels good. He, he's in shape and I think he's going to get back to the type of player that we saw uh, towards June in Boston when he was really just doing everything for them. Yeah. If it was one, if it wasn't one day, it was another for GP two last season. So it, it's good. I mean, the Warriors need guys like him to, to play well. They need guys like him and Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga to kind of, I mean, a lot of the season depends on, on, on those guys, because uh, I think you're you're gonna get a lot of you know what you're gonna get out of the vets as much as we want to say Clay's got some question marks in the postseason. Same with Draymond, dude. In the regular season, they're gonna be fine. Uh, the question is, what else is these other guys gonna bring him? Yeah, you need you need guys to get you to the finish line, like you know, Steph. And when I say the finish line, I mean like you need guys to get you to the postseason. Like once you get there, and you know the team start game planning more in the roster and you know the rotation kind of shrinks like you said you know what you're going to get you know what you're going to get from Steph Draymond Clay uh CP3 you would think even though we haven't seen him in this situation with the Warriors but it's those nights against Charlotte in you know in in March when guys aren't available and yep. the Warriors are you know two games behind the three seed and like a half game uh, up on the seven seed. And you need a night from Moses Moody or you need a night from Kaminga because other guys can't go. That's what you're going to need. So I think that's that, those are the type of games where Lester could come in off the bench and see some rotation minutes. Those are the type of games where you hope Jonathan Kaminga starts to blossom and Moses Moody starts to blossom. And uh, that's my biggest concern with the Warriors is just, them getting to the finish line. I think if they have a healthy roster come come playoffs, then they have a good shot if the CP3 experiment works. Um, it's just getting there. It's, it's getting there because they I have mean, a lot of guys who are just – they're old. Yeah. I mean, speaking of – I mean – Getting there, they're they're gonna need they're gonna need guys to buy in. They're gonna need guys to lead. Tim Tim throw up this tweet that I find fascinating coming into the season. Um, it's a quote from Monty Pool. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green and Jonathan. Kam so so from from quote Draymond Green and Jonathan Kaminga's non relationship is a problem, and it can only be fixed by Draymond. The new contract implies the Warriors believe he can fix it, but around the league there are a lot of people saying, "I don't know." All right. All right. As if as if we thought 
the Draymond saga is over because one, Jordan Poole is gone. Two, Draymond just signed a four-year deal. But it is not over, Jason. It is very far from over. We are going to have four more years of this. Four more <laughs> years. Um, what is what does this mean? I don't know. You know, you know, I've heard I've heard over the years that I mean Draymond has said it himself. Like this isn't new. He's like, I don't really know Jonathan Kaminga. I remember one press conference, he just said like once he was walking down the hallway and Jonathan Kaminga walked past him and just started laughing at him when they walk when he walked past him. And he was saying it's like, you know, like I'm really old compared to these guys. They're like laughing at me, but he said it in jest. So there's always been this undertone where it's yeah, like, yeah, but you know how, and it's kind of a joke, but it's you know, a little honesty. You know, there, there's always some truths to mostly every joke. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's an issue though. I, I I never did. You know, I think I think the relationship between Steve Kerr and Jonathan Kaminga is way more impactful on Jonathan Kaminga than with with Draymond Green. You know, is that's that's what I think is more impactful. I think Draymond is Draymond. You know. You don't have to be best friends with your coworkers. I don't think they have bad blood. They just don't really have a relationship. I mean, I have people in the building right now who I don't have a really relationship, and I'm going on the news in an hour or so. It doesn't mean I don't like the person. It's just, it is what it is. And the reality is what? Draymond is what, 33 years old? 34? Jonathan Kaminga is like, what, 21? Like, these guys are not close to each other in age. Like, do you have any friends who are, 10 plus years younger than you that you spend a lot of time with? I'd probably. hope not. I'd hope yeah. not. Other than my sister, I'd hope yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. I think that's just a reality. I think I love Monty. He's he's great. But I think that that quote kind of took took storm because it's it was what, July, and there's not much else going on. Uh, I have never heard that to be an issue, a Kaminga, Draymond issue. Never has come up in conversation. Uh so, yeah, I don't think they have really a, a budding friendship, but I don't think it's anything that they don't like each other. I think Kamingo was frustrated many times yeah. over, the, over the season, and I don't think it was because of Draymond. I think it was mostly because of his role, and Draymond doesn't control Jonathan Kaminga's role. Only Steve Kerr does. You know, I, I'm going to go the other way because because I, I because of just what happened with Jordan Poole. I, I think if it wasn't for that, I think I'd be all in with what you're saying that it doesn't matter. But I do think at some point, Draymond, you are the leader of the team. You you are the guy that you at least you say you're the leader of the team. I, you know, we I th I think maybe we all think that Steph is the actual leader of the team because he's not as as much of an asshole and and a, and a short fuse, but Draymond, you are the heart and soul. That's what everyone has said. You do lead the team. And what happened with Jordan Poole was I think mostly on him. Um, what happened after with the way that Jordan Poole played was probably on Jordan Poole, but that forced the Warriors to make a decision. They chose Draymond, who I think is the right choice. They should have chosen him, but maybe they never needed to choose him. And, and I do think that um, maybe he shouldn't, or maybe he doesn't need to be like the big brother to Kaminga, but considering what just happened with with a guy that he pretty much got kicked off the team not a great start this is kind of a make or break year for Kaminga year three uh he's got money on the line right like is is he gonna be on the uh DeAndre Hunter kind of <laughs> path of of NBA or is he gonna be on the 
I mean, Cam Reddish, I mean, even he got kind of, I mean, these all guys got paid a, a, some money. So either way, like he's going to be fine. But is he just going to end up being just a guy that's on the fringes of the NBA? Or is Jonathan Kaminga going to be an actual NBA rotation player, maybe even a star? I think a lot of that depends on what he's going to look like this season. And um, outside of the fact that Jason, we're being told that he's 7'2". <laughs> and I don't know, great. Lit, lit perk, tell it. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think maybe with Draymond, the thing that might have hurt him the most with the whole Jordan Poole incident is the fact that he lost his voice in the locker room. He, there was a time where Draymond would yeah. talk and people would listen. I think after that Jordan Poole incident, there was a lot of players in that locker room when Draymond talked. It went in one ear, out the other. It got some eye rolls. You could probably, you know, probably see Jordan Poole sitting on one side of the locker room, kind of glance up at Jonathan Kaminga on the other, and they lock eyes, and what's understood doesn't need to be right. said. Right. So that probably did hurt him. But you know what? Like like you said, though, Jonathan Kaminga wants to get paid. I, I do not think his main beef is with Draymond Green. I think – he wants to find a path to a clear role on the team, which is really what Jordan Poole wanted at the end of the day, too. And I, I've been on record saying this, how crazy everything was with Draymond and Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole's ending was just the fact that he was not in the role he wanted. Yeah, Draymond made everything else awkward and that situation was ugly. No doubt about it. But these guys, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, they want to play. They want to roll. They see their peers who they were drafted with playing meaningful minutes and, you know, having a defined role. Now, of course, Jordan had a defined role during that final season and he played meaningful minutes. So he didn't have the same exact beef that Kaminga has. But Kaminga wants to play. He wants a shot. He doesn't want to be on this short rope. We saw Kaminga play admirably for Andrew Wiggins while he was gone. And then when Wiggins comes back, uh, Kaminga makes one mistake, and it's like, sit down, sit next to me for the rest of the game. That was tough. He did not like that. that was, I mean, I can't blame that. him. You can't blame him. You can't blame him. I mean, he went on record with the Chronicles saying it. <laughs> so it's not even like we have to speculate. He he said it on record. Yeah. Uh, but Probably, not the record Probably not smart Off the record, either. I know he doesn't he, – he, he was upset with his role. He's not, he's Kaminga, he's going to work and he's been working this offseason. He really has. Um, and I think he's a really good player. I think he deserved more yeah. equity in that situation. I think you do too. We've chatted about it. So it's pretty easy to see why he was upset. That's what I think we should be focusing on, not him and Draymond's relationship, because I think the main thing with Kaminga and how he's going to play and how his attitude is going to be is how his role is defined. Um, did he really get up to seven feet? Uh, I saw him at Summer League. I was talking to him. He looked around the same height as he always did. Uh, <laughs> he he looked he he looked cut, though. He's yeah. definitely been in the gym. Yeah. Definitely been in the gym. He's been working. Now, I was at I was at their facility in in Vegas and I sat and watched him work out for a while with Coach Ant, and I eventually got kicked out the gym because Chris Paul came out of the locker room and he was getting ready to work out with Steph, and they didn't want any cameras in there. Mm -hmm. I was trying to be 
lay low in the corner so nobody really noticed I was there. But, you know, Warriors PR, they're on you. So Trying to blend in. Raymond Ritter wasn't having it. No, nah, Raymond Ritter, he was actually out. He, he, he had already left before me. I mean, he had 8 billion things going on, but he called me. So someone probably – shot him a text like yeah we have a camera in the in, in the facility still can you get him out so good try yeah i got a call from ray you know i was polite about it but he's like hey you know uh we don't want this workout you know hitting twitter this week's light years podcast brought to you by game time sam i was in new york and i wanted to catch my first ever yankee stadium game went to it last second the app that i used to buy the tickets was Game time, because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy. All the above, the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without distress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use light years, L-Y-G-H-T-Y-E-R-S, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code light years for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, speaking of speaking of our guy Chris Tim, let's get to the uh, we got more Draymond stuff to talk about because he is he he provides true 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 content. Yeah, Draymond talking about Chris Paul. We're gonna get to some fun here, and then and then I'm gonna get your takes on uh, OCP three. It's so sugar coating what what has happened all these years. This real life, man. Like people get it twisted. Like oh man, like you're in character when you're no. This is real life. Yeah. We live in when we playing in these games, and so. Like, to, to just go front and act like all of those things was fake. Like, I've publicly said I didn't like Chris before. Like, I'm just not going to be like, oh, man, that changed. Now he's my teammate. No. I look forward to talking amongst men. I look forward to working with another adult. You know, I've, we've had, I've had my fair share of days of, like, not working with adults right. and people who don't, don't move like adults. Right. So I'm looking forward to going to work with an adult. Right. You know? Amongst men. I, I mean, look, man, Draymond's got the best energy. And that was clearly a subtle little shot at Jordan Poole. Yeah. He's been throwing shots at Jordan Poole. Actually, same with Steph. Like, uh, we're not, let's not throw Steph off the, the thing there. These guys have been, every quote has been maturing. You know, much men. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's obvious, you know. Um, Steph is obviously more diplomatic about it and a little more calculated. So, like, but if you read between the lines, you can you, you can hear the message. Steve Kerr was saying it too. So clearly, there was enough there was enough influential people in that locker room and organization that felt a similar theme going on. So you know it is what it is. But like with Draymond and Chris Paul, that's going to be interesting. I asked I asked Chris Paul about his relationship with. Draymond, Steph, and Clay, and he made me repeat my question, and I did. And it was—I don't know—it was clear he was trying to be very calculated with his answer. I think they'll be fine. Like you know, Draymond will probably get into it with him in practices and team meetings, and you know, they both 
it's it's going to be one of those things, Andy, where it could go left if the Warriors start off poorly because there's going to be someone coming off the bench who doesn't really want to. And if things don't go right when whoever that is coming off the bench isn't happy, then that's the kind of the formula where things can get a little tense in that locker room. So I think it's important as much as any year I've been covering this team that they have to get off to a good start. It doesn't have to be 18 and two like a couple years ago. But, you know, it, it at least has to be, you know, 14 and six, 13 and seven. It has to, you know, be a situation where it's like, all right, we can see this working. They, they can't they can't come out acting like, all right, we're going to put we're going to turn up the switch whenever we want. Yeah. It's just that's the one thing that they can't do. And last season, that's, you know, they were completely comfortable with kind of I, I don't think that they thought Wiseman was going to throw away games for them. But that's what happened. And they were willing to kind of go through that 10 game sample size. But they can't. They, they've also got guys who presumably the healthiest that you'll ever be is that first game of the season for Steph, Chris Paul, Clay, and Draymond. These old guys, the healthiest that you'll be is that first ten games. So if you're not going, like you said, if you're not going thirteen and seven, I think bare minimum. Then, then, and also this thing's not going to work, right? Same right. with Andre Godala. If Andre, who got benched uh, and bought in, but he bought in because the Warriors freaking never well, lost a game. That couldn't say anything. How can you say anything when you're winning? Now, say Chris Paul comes off the bench, which I think will happen, which I think is the most likely scenario. Say Chris comes off the bench and they start off ten and ten. Yeah, what's Chris? Chris going to be like? This ain't working. <laughs> like I, I should be starting. And man, I think. Look, I can't man, blame him though if that happens. Like I, oh, can't, I can't blame him either. It's. Yeah. It's the the three egos in that locker room that really matter. Chris Paul, Clay, and Draymond. Those are the three egos. We we know that. Clay doesn't want to come off the bench. He wants no parts in that. Never did. Yeah, we know that. Never did. Draymond is going to speak his mind. He might say things that are awkward and make people feel uncomfortable for the sake of it because that's what he does. He always has. And Chris Paul... He might not be as vocal about it, but Chris Paul will be in the background stirring up a lot if things aren't going well. So those are three guys to keep an eye on if things aren't going well. Yeah. It's just that's just their personalities. You can argue that Clay Thompson played maybe not as much of a role as Draymond Green, but he he played a pretty big role in that in how uncomfortable the situation was was with Jordan Poole. And, and it wasn't just last season. It was the season before. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's the, you know, Clay Thompson, obviously Steph is on another level in terms of just his stature in the organization, but Clay is right under it. Clay is underneath it. And he's going to use that stature equity influence to his benefit it's not always going to be to the team's benefit he's going to use that to his benefit he knows he can walk around and do certain things that certain people can't it's just that's how it is whether you think it's right or wrong that's irrelevant that's just the reality and like you said sometimes where it didn't have to be that difficult he wasn't doing anybody any favors yeah you think he got a contract extension offer this offseason? Uh, no, I don't. I think uh, I think it's going to be just like Draymond. Yeah. They're going to uh, 
make him play out the season. And I mean, there's the Warriors, there's nothing to gain for the Warriors to offer a contract right now. Unless it's a unless it's extremely team friendly and Clay hasn't given any indication that he'd be okay with that. Now he might be, he might get to a point where it's like these NFL running backs. Saquon Barkley wanted a big contract. At the end of the day, here, take your 11 million because this is about the options you have. Yeah. And Clay could be in a similar situation. It's up to him, really. You know, if he goes and balls out and has an amazing season, then that puts Warriors, that puts some pressure on them. If he finishes the season the way he did this year, that makes it easier for the Warriors to say, hey, man, we want you here. We want you here, but you got to work with us. Yeah. And yeah. if he's not willing to work with us, it's not really going to look bad on the Warriors because any logical fan is going to be like, I mean, that's kind of an oxymoron logical fan. But anybody who is not emo- <laughs> anybody who is not emotionally invested is going to be like, here we go. This is kind of the contract you played for. So, yeah, yeah. That, that that's going to be interesting. But that's looming, too, Andy. That's why I said, like, like no other season I've covered this team five years now. This is the most important first couple of weeks of the season. They they need the wins and the good mojo flowing yeah. or things can get a little tricky because there's a lot going on. That I agree. That I Sam's a little more bullish. Sam thinks they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out and Chris Paul will take a step back. I am 100% with you. I think this shit can go sideways so fast. So, so fast. fast. Especially yeah. with Draymond and CP3. It, it, hey, when, the, when it cooks... I bet you it's going to cook. Like, I, I bet you on Twitter, those highlights are going to look amazing. Draymond and Chris Paul jawing at the other team. Steph hits another three. He's shimming. The baby's going to look amazing. But if they're four and six and, you know, Paul has a hammy tweak and Clay's coming in out of shape again and Steph's out there by himself and, and you know, Draymond's not looking at the rim. Like, you know, it's just, you know, Wiggins is doing cardio. Things can get weird. Things yeah, get weird. Yeah. So I'm with you. The one thing that the Warriors don't have going for them anymore, uh, and there's one point where obviously every night they had this, like teams and young guys aren't necessarily intimidated of them anymore. They're, you know, Steph still has that glow and that aura as soon as he steps on the court, but young guys aren't intimidated of Draymond anymore. They're not intimidated of Clay anymore. In fact, I would say a lot of them probably like, I'm just as good as him. So the Warriors are always had that mental edge on teams. They just don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? So that, it goes to your point where they can't come in with that attitude. It's like, ah, eh, we'll, we'll get it sooner or later. Things will click. We'll turn it on. No, they have to come out with that attitude. Like we need to win every game. I'm still, uh, I'm still playing tournaments nowadays with with guys that I've played with in high school, and uh, I'm I'm gonna be 32 next month, and you know I just some of these kids that I'm playing that are like 24, and I'm just like I just they're looking at me like food on defense. At least not that I was a star, Jason, but back then I could defend a little bit. Now I'm just I'm just. <sighs> Brother, barbecue, I played, jump barbecue, I played, chicken out in, I played out in North Beach last weekend. And my back has been hooting and hollering since I played. I, I don't know why I played on concrete, but it's the same way. Ooh, see? Yeah, same way. I'm like shots. I'm shots. I could usually block off the backboard. You don't get up there anymore. I'm playing off guys a little more than I used Yo, to. Oh, yes. 
because that first step from that yep. kid 10 years younger than me is crazy. Yep. I'm reaching too. I'm just, I'm just hacking every oh, time yeah. it's. <sighs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The athleticism. It's crazy when you go to think like Steph is 35 and playing in that level that he's playing at. Yeah. 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 You know, difference between you and I and, and Steph Curry. I didn't know there was a difference, but that's, you know, there was, there's a, <laughs> there's a difference. It's just subtle um, things that'll, that'll remind you that you don't got it anymore. And like you no. said, not that I ever had it at an elite level, but <laughs> I could go out there on a pickup court and yeah. hold my own and be great. But now it takes a little more time. That's how I feel. All right, we'll get you out of here with with one more topic. Summer League basketball, Brandon Pajemski, Trace Jackson Davis. I personally was super impressed with Trace Jackson Davis. He's older. He's been in the been in college ranks uh, for four years. Um, they probably drafted him thinking that he could play eight to 12 minutes a game, looked like he could play eight to 12 minutes a game, even though he was coming off a hammy. Um, Pajemski, my first thoughts were... Um, He's a year or two away. So, so what do you think? What, what were your thoughts? You were there. Your yeah, thoughts? Kind, on the I kind of mirror them. I love Pajemski in college, and uh, I was excited when the Warriors drafted him in the sense that as someone I had developed a little rapport with already from covering him at Santa Clara, someone I was familiar with. Like, so I was excited, and he could ball. He was, you know, he was a hooper. Um, I think he really struggled with the length in the NBA. Um, he couldn't finish around the rim, really. Um, even though he has a knack for rebounding for his size, there were still plenty of boards where people just grabbed it over him. And he's like giving 100% effort and he's just not big enough. You know, now it's obviously, Steph Curry. It's the yeah, Steph Curry. You, don't, you don't need him to like rebound at an elite level, obviously. That's not why they drafted him. But, um, I didn't think the lamp would bother him as much as it did. And I also, he's just not as big as uh, you think he is when you get up next to him. Like I saw him standing next to Steve Kerr and I'm just like, damn, Steve Kerr is like taller than you. So that kind of like was Steve's jarring. Like six, three, right? So it's Say that not, again? Steve's like six, th- three, yeah, maybe he's, six, he's four, six, three. And it looked like he was a little taller than Brandon. So you know what I mean? Like, so I'm with you after watching him play granite. It could be different when he plays with other NBA guys and, and he's out there complimenting Steph and stuff. Maybe it looks different, but what it looked like in Vegas was that he was going to be in Santa Cruz for the entire season. Yeah. Didn't, honestly, they play different. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of like, like impact, it looked like Ryan Rollins type, like, you know, just not you know, just out there. Um, just out there, and then yeah, I mean, it, it looked honestly, it didn't look great watching him play against Cam Whitmore, and Cam just looked way better than him. Like they're different players. Don't get me don't get me wrong. They're not the same type of player, but just mano a mano. When you're just if you don't know any context, Andy, and you're just out there watching that game. They're, they weren't on the same level. Cam was just a that. That player. was tough. That that one was rough to watch. Yeah. I, I look. I I didn't watch any Pajemski games or Whitmore games. I don't know these dudes, but uh, that was rough. That, yeah. that that was one that you thought. I assume the Warriors didn't pick Whitmore because they didn't want another super project guy that maybe lacked feel, like similar to Kaminga, super athletic type of guy. But then you watch, you know, Pajemski, and you can't say that he's a ready-made NBA player either. Now he's got good feel. He he might have elite 
at feel actually he he might be the best passer coming out of the the draft but you know you know pa- great passer when you're not a threat to score is not it doesn't matter uh, at the NBA level right so yeah and then TJD uh I think like you I think he's going to play like in spot minutes when they need him to um think he'll be ready he's the type of guy he's not going to make mistakes he's going to rebound going to make the right pass he's smart he's played a lot of college basketball tjd to a to a a lesser degree because he's not going to have the same role obviously this guy turned into like one of the stars for the niners but it's like a brock purdy like he just played college basketball forever he knows what he's doing so there's not going to be much of a learning curve and uh, he also has a chip on his shoulder, kind of like Brock, that I imagine being Mr. Irrelevant. You saw his tweet on draft yep. night, like, I'm going to make you guys pay. So I think he can come in and eventually, you know, fill a role for for the Warriors. It's going to be at, on an as-need basis. I don't think on opening night he's going to be the second guy off the bench or anything. But I think, you know, wear and tear during the season and being a guy who's in practice impressing his coaches. I, I love think him. He's gonna get he's gonna get opportunities. He will. I love him. I love him. Were you in Santa? Do you drop by Santa? I know you're in SJ today. Do you drop by Santa Clara for uh first day nope. of camp? Nope, I wasn't in Santa Clara. Um, you know, but I saw the tweet. It's it's so funny seeing people break down like day one of camp with these guys only have a helmet on. It's like, I mean, you can't come to many drastic conclusions. I do think people are kind of downplaying this whole Bosa situation. Like, Oh, look, if they don't give him exactly what he wants, he's not going to come to camp. Like that's how that's, that's the cloth he's cut from. That's what his brother did. His dad is highly involved. Like if you don't give him his money, he's going to be chilling. He's going to be chilling. Like he's going to get his money though. You mean you better hope he gets his money and they play around. If they play around and don't give him that contract he wants, he's going. He he'll, he'll get comfortable. That that's what the Bosses do. That's what the Bosses do. They'll leave college early, chill out, dominate, and put their foot on their organization's neck until they get their money. Hey, listen. I don't. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a business. Was, it's it's, it's business. different. I was gonna say it's it's different when you're Debo Samuel, who was a very good wide receiver, but not elite. Nick Bosa's. Oh yeah, no, he you know he, he has all the leverage. He has all the leverage. So their, their defense is is not good without him. I mean, their defense has a lot of good players, but their defense is not good. Without yeah, Nick Bosa. The two irreplaceable guys are Bosa and Fred Warner. Without them, things kind of fall apart. Yeah. As as much as uh, you got any you got any takes off off anything else about the about the Niners? No, I just I think the Niners are gonna be really good. Again, they, they should be. Uh if Bosa gets into camp and if uh Brock Purdy is the guy who the coaching staff thinks he is. Which uh, I don't have any reason to believe he's not. He's like very cerebral. He's he doesn't have to be a world beater. He doesn't just do your job and don't turn the ball over. And you know the Niners will be one of the top two, three teams in the NFC. And once you once you get to that level, it's you know it's just it's coaching really. So we'll see what what Kyle can dial up. The uh, comments here uh, wants me to ask you what's going on with Philly. <sighs> No news is good news. They, what are we talking about the Eagles or Sixers? Because <laughs> those are two very different answers. <laughs> Eagles, Eagles, are fine. Eagles, are fine. Eagles are just like the Niners. They, 
they, well, you guys roster, have a quarterback. It's different, bro. It's different. Their roster is elite, just like the Niners, and we, you know, the Eagles have a quarterback. So I don't have any worries about them. They're going to be one of the top two, three teams in the league. And once you get down to January, it just comes to game planning and your bet riding your best players. And then as the Sixers go, uh man, I there's nothing to say about them. You know, they just need a. I wouldn't even care if they cut James Harden. Just I'm, I'm so past the whole drama with all that. And I mean, you you heard the the all the post-game pressers after that game seven Celtics loss. It's just it's nothing to be excited about. It was it was awful. You come on, you can't have not seen that coming. You can't have, come on. No, I saw it coming. I, I I did not have any faith they were gonna win that game seven. Um once once they lost game six in the fashion they did, I was like, it's a wrap. It's yeah. a wrap. Uh-huh. They, they let Tatum just go off. They had they had the Celtics beat like three different times that series oh, yeah. and couldn't yeah. do it. Like that was your classic, like they lost a series that they outplayed the other team. And then the last game was just embarrassing. And then you the, the messaging from the two best players on the team was embarrassing. So now you just have a whole off season with that taste in your mouth. So now it's just like it is what it is. Yeah, they're in a rough place. They're going to pay Tyrese Maxey, you would think, but you know we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh, I didn't even mean to bring up the I forgot about the Philly, Philly stuff. But hey, the Eagles and Niners. That's I mean that's it. It's really it's really just the Eagles and Niners in the NFC. So it, it looks like it's slated for an NFC Championship game again. I will again. be there for that. I will be there for that. So hopefully I will too. Yeah. Hopefully it's in Philly. If it's in Philly and we're both there. I'll sh- We'll, we'll show you some fun. Oh, yeah. Too much. I am not. <laughs> me, me and Philly. Cool. All right, man. All right, man. I appreciate you as always, bro. As yeah, always. thanks for having me on, man. Always fun. Top on with you, brother. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.